Hi there, you, yes you, we're so glad you found us. Welcome to Embers, a podcast by Volo. We live in a world of digital overload. We at Volo are committed to guiding teens as they seek to create real connections. Once they experience the power of human relationships and their vast capacity for love, we challenge them to go out and make the world a better place. We take teens from all walks of life on retreats In this space, they are eager to open up and uncover what matters most. For them, it's pretty simple. Sustained, unplugged, face-to-face connection, a sense of belonging. Our podcast is a hub of inspiration for both teens and adults. Embers is a place where our teens share their stories as they navigate the waters between childhood and adulthood. We realize they've got a lot to teach us they hope for sounds good to us too. Join us here as Volo youth explore timely and compelling topics, fanning the embers burning in each of us. In this episode, our teens give us a potent glimpse into what mental well-being means to them. They dig deep, sharing their thoughts on the stigma surrounding mental health and tell us about the ways they believe society can help support teens who might be challenged by depression or anxiety. Come along. Hi, I'm Dana. I'm Julia. I'm Luca. And I'm Bodhi. I'm eager to dive into today's conversation. We're going to focus on teens' mental health and well-being. This is something that is really woven into the fabric of our time together at Volo. We frequently have conversations about what it means to connect meaningfully with somebody else or how do we open up about parts of our lives that are challenging. What does it mean when we don't feel a sense of belonging? How do we navigate depression and anxiety? How do we find joy? So the fact that this is Mental Health Awareness Month, it seems like a natural fit that we would bring our voices into the room and shed a little light from the teen's perspective about what it means to take care of our mental health and where we turn to support when we aren't feeling good. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you all and getting a deeper understanding about ways that we can support teens in everyday life, and I would say most especially right now during this unique period when time feels a little bit different. So I'm going to start with a question, and I'm an optimist, (laughs) so I'm starting from the positive end of things. I think it is important as we talk about mental health and well-being that we recognize it's a spectrum and that many times we're kind of walking a line that we may experience both joy and sadness. And that's actually a part of living a a full whole life. So my first question is, when each of you think about mental well-being, what makes you happy? What kinds of experiences or rhythms in your life put you in a good place? I think for me, definitely a really huge factor is being outside and also exercising outside. And I just find that that is really makes or breaks my day, I guess. So like if I go for a run, I'll just feel so much better afterward. I just find that that is really helpful for my mental state. 
Yeah, I agree. I definitely find a lot of happiness in being outside and running or just kicking a ball or something, but also just finding time to do something where I can not think about anything other than what I'm doing, whether it's music or a lot of times it is some form of exercise. So just taking some time for my own personal enjoyment. Where someone else isn't telling you what to do or when to do it, that it's your choosing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with both of you guys that like just getting outside and having like one objective of what you're doing, even if it's not really an objective, but just like getting away from having to think about what you're doing. Like if you're going for a run, you're thinking about running or something like that. So I think it's definitely helps a lot and that just relieves, it makes me happy for sure. So it sounds like for all three of you, the natural world is really an, almost an outlet to release whatever tensions or whatever it may be that's holding you a little down. Definitely. When I talk about the notion of mental health and well-being, I'm really curious what your thoughts are about that concept and almost free association. But what comes to mind when you think of people your age and mental health and well-being? And so I guess I'm asking both from your personal perspective and also what you observe around you about what feeds it and what maybe challenges it. I think it's an interesting concept. You talked about it as a spectrum and I thought that was a good way to look at it. And I think it's really hard to grasp until either yourself or someone close to you is experiencing mental health issues. And it definitely took me personally, like, till I was older to really kind of understand the effects it had and ways that people can deal with it and stuff like that. And that's really helpful to hear that. Luca, what, when you say effects, do you mean, can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by effects? Well, definitely when I was younger, I guess I kind of just grouped it in like depression, for example, as just being, you know, sad about something periodically. But then as you start to see people around you or, or yourself, even you understand that it's so much more than just being sad about an event or something like that. Or, and then also just the effects it could have on someone's general demeanor, like their day-to-day personality. Mm-hmm. For sure. So that when you hear people say, oh, depression and kind of equate it to sadness, am I understanding you that it's much different than sadness in a way? From my personal experience, I would say that they share some things for sure, but mm-hmm. it's definitely not the same. Mm-hmm. Julian Bodie, what are your perspectives when you just think about the notion of mental well-being and your age bracket specifically? It's not just one one thing for every person, like depression isn't one thing and anxiety isn't one thing. Like I think also like Luca, I thought when I was younger that it was like, this is what anxiety is. This is what depression is. But it's like so much more and there's, it's not just one or the other. It can be multiple things on top of each other. And I think that was definitely like a huge realization for me as well. Like that it's not just one thing or the other. Will you say a little more? It's fascinating what you mean. I love that image of it can be multiple things on top of each other. Yeah, just that one could either cause the other or just that you could be experiencing both at the same time. And also just that it doesn't come about the same way for every single person. Like it could be something that you've always had or something that you've developed when you're older and just that it like manifests in such different ways in different people. So it's like you could read my mind, Julia, because my next question is about for each of you to talk a little bit about what kinds of experiences you find that are challenging to navigate. And I made that leap. They bring you down. And whether this is to a place of anxiety or depression, or 
you know, again, if we keep it on the spectrum, that I'm not making any assumptions about any of you, but I'm saying as human beings, I think when experiences are challenging, we may veer to those spaces of being more anxious or down. So I'm curious for you three to talk a little bit about what kinds of experiences in your day-to-day life or that you've had, which tend to bring you to the place of feeling less happy. For me, it's as of like right now, at least, it's definitely hard like for school when you get an assignment and you just can't finish it. And then you start thinking about that assignment and how you didn't get it turned in on some time. And then for me, that kind of just leads into like a pathway of all the things that I just didn't get to do and didn't finish. And I don't know, that makes me feel definitely anxious and sad at the same time. And kind of, it sounds like a little down on yourself. Yeah. So what do you do when you're in those situations? How do you pick yourself up? Normally by going outside or going on a run or doing some kind of workout that just takes my mind off of it and gets me thinking about something else. Mm -hmm. And that works. Yeah. I find when I'm feeling pretty down, usually I don't want to be around people, but I know deep down that it's probably best I am. So I usually find some sort of mellow social situation that I can put myself into. And I find that helps a lot. Um, Because just like sitting in bed or sitting at home isn't doing too much for me. Same with when I'm feeling anxious. And Luca, will you go back a bit and tell me what Are there kinds of experiences in your life that tend to trigger this? Are there, you know, as Bodhi said, it was like when he has homework and or assignment that's late, and then it kind of spins a bit. Are there, do you notice in your own life, like those certain kinds of experiences that tend to bring you to those places or not necessarily? Not necessarily. I'd say it kind of just fluctuates day to day for me, Mm -hmm. depending on a million different things going on every day. So it's hard to pinpoint what triggers the way I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely isn't a consistent thing, which is nice, but it does fluctuate. Mm -hmm. It's helpful. Yeah. I think for me, it's a little different, I guess. I think most of my like anxiety comes from social things, even just like school or like any kind of social interaction really is mainly where it comes from for me or like any kind of public speaking. And one way that I deal with that, I heard like some really good advice from someone actually at Volo. And she said that if you pretend that you're like in Google Maps and you just zoom out from yourself and you just show how like small you are in comparison to everything else, just everything feels a little bit better and a little bit less like it's affecting you. And I just thought that was really good advice. And now I use that all the time, especially for something that's kind of like superficial, I guess. Because when I do that, I can sort of realize that it's not as big of a deal as I'm making it. It's a fascinating metaphor perspective just to be able to zoom out. A friend of mine used to say, if you can get up on the balcony and look down at yourself. And I think the Google Maps is a, a better iteration of that same concept. I appreciate you all and your, quite frankly, your bravery in sharing these glimpses because I think it helps normalize for anyone listening how um, common it is for people, and I think especially teens, to feel depressed and anxious at times. So I really appreciate your giving three different voices to that. And I'm curious, as you think about those around you who love and care for you. And that could be a friend 
or a family member or a teacher, an employer, coach, all of these adults who are in your life and wanting to support you and trying to balance giving you space and independence. I'm sure you know just from your own interactions with other people that it's a delicate balance to be there for somebody but to not kind of crowd them. So I'm curious what you appreciate in terms of how others support you when you're in a space of feeling anxious or depressed or down or however you want to frame it. But what helps you? What supports you? So think of all of the adults eagerly listening to this podcast and they want to know, how do I support these teens in my life who I care so deeply about? I'd say for me, one of the things that helps the most is someone supports me but doesn't try to fix all my problems. I think it's really frustrating almost to have someone just like look at all my problems and or what I find to be problematic and be like, oh, just do this and that. It's really easy. Whereas in my mind, it's not. So I think that's definitely counterproductive. Whereas when they're just supporting me and maybe lending a little bit of a hand, that's when I find that I can kind of bounce back from this, like a, a state of bad mental health. I love that, like lending a hand. I mean, I think of, I don't know, what came to mind is like walking on a path next to you or like trying to pull you up a mountain or something. And it's like, well, you have to walk up the mountain on your own, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's like definitely a difference between asking for help and asking to talk about something. Because sometimes really all you want is just to talk it through with them. But you don't want, like Luca was saying, like you don't want them to help or try to fix it really. But you just need to sort of tell them about it and share what's going on with someone else. And so I feel like the best way to handle it is to ask what they need instead of trying to predict what they need, I guess. Because it's so specific to different people what they want. Like one person might want you to fix everything for them and another person might want you to just listen. So I just think it's really specific to each person. Yeah. And for me, I think it's very helpful when someone like recognizes that I'm struggling and then lets me kind of guide it from there. Cause like not to like try to ask me about it or like see what I need. I guess help like asking what I need would be helpful. I don't think asking about the specific thing that I'm struggling with is what I necessarily need all the time. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, am I right that for the three of you, it's like, you want to be seen and heard and kind of witnessed. And that may be all you need is to kind of that person seeing you is a way of letting it kind of flow through you without them forcing anything on you. So I'm going to flip it a little bit and ask you, because I'm sure you all have people in your life who you care about who struggle, or I'm going to make that assumption. (laughs) I'm curious how you support others. And that may look different and feel free to kind of distinguish how you support your peers, your friends, your age cohort, and maybe how you support people who are a different age than you. For me, I think I definitely have a different approach with like my friends versus, I don't know, younger, older people. The kids that I babysit for, if they're having a problem, it's usually not quite as like it doesn't go as deep, I guess. And it's a little more simple. Like they might just want to talk it through. But if it's your friend, at least at our age, I feel like things start to, like Luca was saying before you said, like you start to understand a little bit more when you get older. And so it's definitely, it's harder with older kids, I feel like, than with little kids. And then it's even harder with adults. But I think for my friends, I just talk to them mostly. I'm not really someone who will like, I don't know, go punch someone for someone. But... (laughs) I will definitely like talk to them about it, try to figure it out with them and see how I can help. Like a sounding board almost, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
How about you, Bodhi or Luca? Anything, any pearls of wisdom? I guess for me, I would just talk about like my own struggles with it and let them know they're not alone and that, I don't know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I know it's really hard to hear when you're not feeling good that everything's going to be all right, but it's the reality and it's something that it does help, I feel. Well, and I think, I mean, it's such a good point, Luca. And when I was talking in the very beginning about this sense of belonging, I think we can sometimes go to the space that we are all alone. And I think once we dare to uncover a little bit of the gray matter, we realize we're not only are we not alone, we're in good company. And I think that the comfort of friend showing genuine empathy because of experiencing something similar is kind of the, it's like a release valve or something that it can bring us such relief. Because I'm imagining that often it's not only whatever specific might have triggered us, but also this notion of feeling alienated or isolated because no one else could possibly feel this bad. And so I think what you're saying is, I can only imagine how comforting that would feel for a friend to hear. Yeah. And for me, I definitely feel like I personally would ask them how they're doing and see if they need anything and just give them that space to talk to you if you want. But if they don't feel like they need to talk or anything like that, I guess don't feel like to pressure them into it. Just knowing them that letting them know you're there and if they need that space, they can have it. That's a nice connection to the next question I want to ask is you all feel that there is stigma attached to mental health challenges. If you feel like many, most teens are reluctant to be open about their struggles because of fear of what others, whether it's adults or teens, might say. Well, I guess as a a boy, and I guess even an athlete, it's harder for me to kind of open up about the way I'm feeling. And I'm just talking from my own personal experiences, but I'm sure that applies to a lot of a lot of teens around the board. And what's that about? What do you think, either male or athlete? What's the why is that? Do you think? I guess I've just, especially as an athlete, the only emotion you're supposed to have really is for whatever you're doing, whatever sport you're doing. And so it's hard to kind of make space for any other emotions, even though the people you're playing with and that are on your team are like some of your closest peers. You can really only have feelings towards the game you're playing. Or there's kind of fear of being mocked or is that what you're... Yeah. I think you're onto something. What do you think, Bodhi or Julia? I think that's definitely true about like athletes and males, especially like not really coming from yourself. Like you don't not want to share but you feel like people don't want you to share that makes sense like you I don't know I feel like there's sort of like a stereotype of like strength especially from athletes that you should be sort of perfect all the time and if you let any of that vulnerability show like you won't be the ideal person that you're supposed to be like a sign of weakness yeah definitely which I personally don't think is at all true but it's definitely something that like feels it feels like that's what other people think even though it's not necessarily what they do think it was talked about more it wouldn't be like pushed against like if someone started the conversation it wouldn't be pushed back against because i don't think that many people actually feel that way but it's just that it's really hard to start the conversation such a good point it's like this crowd mentality yeah no one really is they're only buying into it because it's what other people are doing but they would hop on the other side if someone started a conversation as you so well worded 
Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you guys that typically like the stereotype for male and athlete is both of those categories is like strong and kind of, I guess, emotions or mental health, what people think to be a weakness, which makes, I guess, everyone has the feeling that you can't share anything because it'll make you seem that way. But I don't think in reality, that's how everyone thinks. So do you three, do you have hope that this, I mean, I feel like it's a societal construct that's been placed on you. Do you have hope that this will shift? Do you think this will change or has the potential to change? Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Definitely see kind of the genesis of a change here, especially at school. There's definitely more, even almost a curriculum built around it which I think is great and kind of making it normal. And I know that's not the best to say, but kind of just introducing it to kids that may not have as much experience with it and kind of how to help their peers out, which I think is great. It's terrific. Yeah. And I think because of that too, like more young people are being taught. And so then, I mean, I guess this will take a while, but when younger people like get into power, they'll bring those ideas with them because right now they're sort of like a new generation who's, sort of pushing for more, like to lessen the stigma against it, I guess. But sort of when they become adults and then they become people whose voices are more heard, it might be able to yeah, lessen that stigma, I guess. I think there's something to be said about, and I'm not trying to embarrass any of you, but I think there's something to be said about teen voice after voice being willing to share perspectives and their own experiences so that in kind of a ripple effect, people especially teens, start hearing this and thinking, okay, I can have the courage to open up when I'm feeling down or anxious and not have a, a fear of being made fun of or shunned or any other thing we can kind of conjure in our imagination would happen to us if we opened up about our things that weren't perfect in our lives. Do you all think that there's any relationship between mental well-being and our attachment, but maybe we'll just say connection to our phones? Is that too much of a leap or do you guys feel in your personal experiences, and I shouldn't just say phones, but anything around technology or social media or that realm of the world that may add to teens' mental health concerns, issues? There definitely is a connection there, especially when you're younger and you don't really know how to control your use of it, I guess, because as I've gotten older, I've sort of realized how much of an impact it has on me and I'm able to limit it a little bit more. But when you're younger, it's harder to realize that. But I think, again, like that idea of like perfect, you definitely get that a lot from social media, especially like Instagram. I feel like that's talked about a lot that Instagram is sort of like your perfect life, but nobody's life is actually like that. But it's hard to remember that when you see someone doing something like amazing and you are just I don't know, sitting in your house, even though you know it's not true, it's hard to keep yourself from believing it. Absolutely. This may feel a little bit repetitive. So just say if it is or add on if it isn't. My question is, would you all like those adults around you to know about supporting teens with their mental health and well-being? What would be your words of wisdom on how they can best support the teens in their lives? I would say, I kind of made this point earlier, but just understand that we have a million moving pieces in our life and a million different things we need to, that we're preoccupied with. And even though we're kids and we don't have some of the large stressors that adults have, there's still lots of things that to be anxious and depressed about. And what should they do with that knowledge? 
I guess just understand that it's that the way we're feeling isn't just coming from nowhere and maybe try to help guide us through some of the tougher stuff that we might not understand yet. Some of the tougher issues, such as a global pandemic. Julian Bodhi, anything you would say to the adults? I would just add on to that. Everyone's different and everyone has different needs that they need to be met. And I feel like it definitely takes a lot of time for someone to be able to recognize what a person needs. And I guess every person's needs and one thing isn't always what they, one concept of how to help someone doesn't always meet that person's needs. Makes a lot of sense. I hear you. I totally agree with both of you. Yeah. I think the idea of like each person is different and also that each person doesn't always have the same needs like Bodhi was saying is really true and definitely helpful to keep in mind. And also just that you might quite like quite understand something that's going on just because I don't know, like this is a weird way to say it, but like times have changed and things are a little bit different than when adults were kids. And so there's some things that they can be really helpful with and there's some things that they still need to learn about or just need to understand that it's it wasn't the same as when they were younger. So well put and taken to heart. <laughs> if you put the concept of mental health and well-being into the context of this surreal, unfamiliar, unique time we are living right now in COVID-19, I'm curious any comments you all would share about your take on mental health and well-being for teens with this added layer of a pandemic? I guess something adults try to do is just implement some normality back into our lives, obviously. Mm. Everything kind of changed with the snap of the fingers. Like literally, like we were at school one day and then the next we weren't. So we kind of had to restructure our whole lives, as did the majority of the world. So just really, and this isn't just adults, but really any way, any normality can be re- established into our lives, I think would really benefit at least me personally. Mm -hmm. What's an example of something that would be helpful? I guess family meals are a good one, just because I feel like that's something that I definitely have uh, when I'm at school, like come home, practice or whatever, and have a family dinner, stuff like that. Yes, that's a great example. So within kind of the, the new normal, finding ways to bring a sense of rhythm Exactly. Mm -hmm. How about you guys, Julie and Bodhi? Anything you would, anything you're noticing about people's mental health or well-being, or advice you'd give to help their mental health or well-being? I think routine is definitely really helpful, like Luke was saying, and just not letting yourself sort of because it's a little different now. Not letting yourself get into any bad rhythms and trying to keep up some of your old ones that you're able to. Like obviously, you can't still go to school, but doing school in a specific place is really helpful and not like melding together like home life and school life, even though they are technically in the same place. Mm -hmm. I just found it really helpful to separate those two things. And that helps me a lot with getting like anxious. Absolutely. Any observations you have Bodhi either on kind of a shift in mental health or well-being? Like does this time feel different? It definitely is a lot harder just because I don't know for me personally, like Going to school kind of gets me happy. I get to see my friends, get to enjoy the day, kind of. I mean, you're in school, but school can be fun. And when it's at home, you don't really get that like experience the same. So I feel like it's definitely been a lot harder, but you just have to find things that kind of bring your spirits up and make you happy again. What are you finding to, what's your panacea right now? Well, I think getting outside for me personally really helps just because we're spending a lot of time 
on a computer doing online school. So just getting outside like after the school day really helps. So my last question is knowing that, you know, that part of living is living through the light and the dark, right? And that even though it's can be painful at times, that is a part of living a whole life. That said, I'm curious if you think there are ways that society, and you can interpret that however you want, it could be families, schools, you know, our government, whatever you want to, however you view society, media, ways that you feel like society can support teens' mental well-being. How's that for a big question? (laughs) Within American society, I guess that's also very broad, but just to say, I feel like there's this expectation for perfection, whatever that looks like. Even though that might not be the reality, I feel like it's kind of imprinted in a bunch of our brains. And I guess just to kind of, if, if parents and peers could kind of get rid of that expectation, I think a lot of people would find that a lot happier. So well put. Yeah, I feel like just bringing the idea of mental health into like a normal, that everyone kind of experiences it situation, I feel like it would make people I don't know, struggle with it less because they know that everyone else is experiencing it. Because I feel like right now it's kind of like pushed down and I don't know, I guess you're not really supposed to express it at all. But I think if it was like a society normal to have it around, people would be more open. It feels a little hidden right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes with like lack of education about it too. And so I think if there is more information, I guess, and more like examples of it, and even if we were like taught about it in school, I just think that would make a huge impact. And I think there is definitely an attempt at that. It's hard like to figure out the best way to do that. And I think that's part of the issue, but just to have, I don't know, to have all the information and to know that it's not like an anomaly. I think the combination of what the three of you just said is is so potent. And I also want to believe so possible. And I'm sitting here, honestly, a little speechless. I wonder if you really can recognize that you each had courage to share what you shared, especially knowing that you're not going to be sitting with people when they hear this. And your courage will, I know, impact teens and families who and teachers and coaches and others who hear your words and can start thinking for themselves or or maybe continue thinking about the importance of talking about mental health and well-being. So we're going to end this podcast as we end many Volo conversations. I would love to hear from each of you a single word that reflects how you're feeling right now or your thoughts on this topic. For me, it would have to be perspective. Think heard. I would say awake. My word truly is admiring. I really, I hope you hear that each of you to your hearts that I am in awe of what you've just shared and I'm so grateful for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. We invite you to connect with us at followmain.org for additional ideas and resources on this topic. In addition, we recently launched a series of blog posts to help you connect, create, and center during this time of COVID-19. We'd love to have you come along. Music from this podcast was created by one of our many talented teens, Miles. It was a pleasure having you in our circle today. Until next time, be well, friends.